Welcome back to Simple Roots Radio. Today is another bonus episode, Friday 5 and 5, and today is my five most asked questions. Wait, did that make sense? Anyways, that's where we're going today. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. I'm your host, Alexa. Today is another episode of Friday 5 and 5. I'm so glad you're here. If you've stuck around for a while, then you know my Friday 5 and 5 is more like 10-ish, maybe even 15 minutes, but I really try to keep these short episodes, bonus episodes, just insightful little things that you can do in your everyday. Now today, I bring you some of my most asked questions here on Simple Roots Radio and Simple Roots Wellness, and I just wanted to bring these out to let you know my responses because you might have the same question and maybe you're just afraid to ask or you're just asking Dr. Google, which can be frightening at times as well. Anyway, today we're gonna talk about things like keto, bowel movements, birth control, and body odor. I mean, we're really uncovering it all, but we're gonna keep these short and sweet. If you wanna know more information or wanna hear an entire podcast episode about it, just email me back, let me know, because I wanna know what you wanna know. Like, I wanna take the show where you want it to go. So leave a comment, email me back, let me know what is it that you wanna know, or what are those questions you have. This summer, I have plans for a very special series of your most embarrassing health questions answered. So that's gonna be a lot of fun. But if you have one of those embarrassing questions, then again, like I said, email me back, let me know. Your name will never be involved in this. And I just wanna know what those embarrassing health questions are because really to a nutritionist, nothing is very embarrassing anymore. We talk about it all and it's all health related. So it matters. Anyways, I'm rambling. Friday 5 and 5 is going downhill really fast, but here it is. Let's get started right away. Number one. One of the most asked questions I get right now is, is a keto diet healthy and should I try it out? Now, here's the thing, just to break down the ketogenic diet. The ketogenic diet is basically a low carb to no carb diet. We're gonna say a no carb diet that's the mainly made up of fats, healthy fats and protein. Keto diets are known to help someone lose weight very, very quickly, maintain muscle mass, and cure a lot of chronic diseases. Now, I think that we have to separate people out Now in my head, right, the keto diet seems easy. There's a strict plan to it. You have to follow something. But at the end of the day, I just don't feel like it's very realistic long-term. Like the keto diet is challenging. And not to mention, I think that there's a lot of health benefits from foods that are outside the keto plan, like our natural carbs, fruits, healthy vegetables, carbohydrate, starchy vegetables, right? So I think that there's a lot of health benefits out here that wouldn't fit into a keto diet. So overall, for the majority of the people, I don't like to see them go on the keto diet, especially women. In our thyroid and in our brain, we actually need glucose sugar stores to utilize as energy and to help create enzymes and hormones and things like that. We can't use ketones the same way. Now there is some debate where people don't think that's true and whatnot. Anyways, My bottom line is that I don't like to see anyone give up any specific macronutrient. In our history, it has never worked well, right? Like think about the low-fat diet. Now we're switching to the high-fat diet, low-carb diet. So we just have to know in history, it's never worked very well. I think everything has been designed for a purpose. Now I think that we can do a better job of managing that. Maybe not 
eating excess amounts of carbs and eating the right carbs and healthy carbs with the right amount of healthy fat and protein, but giving up any one certain macronutrient tends to be a little bit more challenging long-term realistically and for the health of our body. Not to mention they're finding that people, especially women who go keto for a long period of time, really have massive amounts of weight gain when they stop being keto and they stop doing this diet or they try to um, add more carbs back in. Now, maybe it's all about maintenance and I haven't looked into it a ton, but my bottom line is that I don't love keto diets except for therapeutic reasons. So if you have some kind of autoimmune disease or some kind of uh, something else like seizures and other things that they found that ketogenic diets can be really, really powerful and healing, then it's fair game. But outside of that, I really like people to just stick with uh, a diet that works for them, listening to their body more than what's working for fast, quick weight loss outside in the world. So that's my answer on keto. Number two is, I can't go number two. Is it really that important? Now, number two is obviously bowel movements. I know so many people struggle with bowel movements, and it really is a... a common, constipation really is a common symptom, and yet very few people take it seriously. Now, here's the thing. We have to be going number two daily. Like, that is a good foundational component of health is that we just have good, regular bowel movements. Some people might be going two, maybe even three times a day. Obviously, we don't, we don't want to get into, like, irritable bowel or where you're constantly going, but having enough bowel movements that your body is able to detox that because, Our bowels is a huge detox pathway for our body. What goes in must come out, right? If it's not coming out, then where is it going? Well, it's staying in. And so we want to have those bowel movements daily so that our body can get rid of the excess waste that it doesn't want and that it doesn't need. If we're not having a a bowel movement daily, then we have to start looking at why. What is going on? Is there some kind of imbalance in our bacteria and our in our gut? Um, are we on some kind of medication that's preventing this? Are we dehydrated? Um, or do we just simply have a hormonal imbalance? Like what is causing this? Because that, you know, like our GI system is linked to our brain and there's this whole triangular system going on with our gut and how important it is. And if we're not having a bowel movement daily, then something's not working well. Now, there are some tips and tricks that you could try and help this because I know it is a problem for many. And we had a daughter who suffered greatly from constipation as a toddler. One of the best things that we did for her and something I recommend to everyone is magnesium. Whether it's magnesium citrate or magnesium glyconate, magnesium is a natural relaxant. It's probably one of the highest nutrient deficiencies we see in the human body. They estimate around 90 to 96% of people actually are deficient in magnesium. Super safe. It is, like I said, a natural relaxant and something that we need. Now, here's the thing about magnesium. Every gram of sugar depletes magnesium like fivefold. And so we need lots of magnesium in our body, especially if we're living on these high sugar diets. So maybe you go back to the ketone diet, right? Okay, lower carbohydrates better. We're not going ketosis. But here's the thing, magnesium is super important. So you could try magnesium glyconate, magnesium citrate, both of which I'll link up in the show notes. Movement, so obviously the movement through our GI system is directly related to the movement of our muscles. And so just getting up and moving, walking, exercising, that can help things pass. Hydration, dehydration is just um, pulling all the liquid out of our bowels back into our body, making our bowels drier and harder. Um, And so making sure you stay properly hydrated, you could even 
even add healthy fats in because fats are a lubricating agent. So maybe try adding more fats in like brain octane oil or MCT oil or coconut oil. Um, maybe you have a food sensitivity um, that can really stall our bowel system um, or an imbalance in bacteria, even an imbalance in enzymes. So maybe you're just not digesting things well. Over in the show notes, I'm gonna give you all the tips that I can give you to help See if you can get your bowels back in control. Even something on the position of how you sit when you take a bowel movement on the toilet can make a difference. I know it's crazy stuff, but there's something called the squatty potty, which I'll link up to, but it's simply raising your legs higher um, so that all the valves are opening as they should be, making things come out smoothly, right? A bowel movement should not be this long, intense, drawn out, painful process. It should happen, and then you just go on about your day. So yes, we have to be having a bowel movement daily. If we're not, we really need to start understanding why we're not and get to the root of that. Question number three, can birth control tank my libido? Yes, 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 yes. I have a whole podcast with guest expert Dr. Hannah Anderson, who was just on the show in the last episode. I think that was number 28 or 26. Look it up all about birth control and what birth control is doing in our body. Now, interestingly, a few years ago, there was a study done on male hormone contraceptive injection, right? Because the whole idea is, can we take some of the pressure off of women? Because we're finding that um, birth control is really having a negative impact on a woman's body in general, from nutrient deficiencies to higher rates of infertility um, to more anxiety and depression and, again, low libido. So they thought, What would happen if we gave men the hormonal contraceptive? And what they found is that participants in the study suffered great mood changes, acne, and suppressed fertility post-trial. Of course, all these side effects were viewed by the researchers and experts as a reason enough to like stop the study completely. They found absolutely not. It's never okay for a man to have a hormonal contraceptive because of the negative side effects that they were experiencing. But as you can imagine, there was this entire uproar by the female community because we are subject to those same symptoms on hormonal birth control as men are, and yet they're just dismissed in women, right? Like funny that we suffer from um, acne and mood effects and suppressed fertility post-birth control. Like we have all these same effects, and yet they've just been dismissed. Well... I could get really fired up about that. Here's the deal. The pill is tanking your libido. It basically works to take the woman out of the woman by eliminating her cycle altogether. Sure, you still bleed monthly, but you aren't actually cycling in the way that you would naturally. Not to mention there have been numerous studies done around pheromones and showing that the pill disrupts your own personal perfume, making sexual activity just not as enticing. On top of that, naturally a woman's sex drive should peak around ovulation. But the pill prevents ovulation from happening, and therefore it it prevents that peak insect drive from ever reaching that. Um, And not only that, the synthetic hormone mix destroys your testosterone reserves, which is kind of the key to your sexual desire and enjoyment. So there's lots of things that are happening with taking out the hormonal flow of women, really reducing that and bringing the woman out of the woman that really destroys the libido. Um, And so just know that, yes, if you are on the birth control, if you are on birth control or some kind of hormone replacement therapy and your libido is tanked, that is happening in probably every single woman who's on um, birth control. And so know that's very common. That's what it does. And really the only way to 
get back your libido is to get back into a natural flow um, and allow your body to ovulate again. So you have to come off the pill and there's all kinds of other things and this is really controversial. You have to be your own judge, but just know that it can happen and that you're not the only one. So many women suffer from this um, when they're on it. It's one of the number one side effects. Question number four, is eating more important or exercise or both? Because we hear about this 80-20 thing and abs are made in the kitchen. Okay, there's so many quotes and giffies out there that abs are made in the kitchen and it's all about what you eat and a little bit about how you move. But I think we're missing one big component that I would say is over half of the entire equation that relates to health in general. And that's stress, right? Our lifestyle. I think abs are made in our lifestyle, right? Like health and weight loss and hormonal balance. It's all in the lifestyle. It's all in our mindset. Yes, nutrition makeup, some of that exercise makeup, some of that. They're both critical in this. But at the end of the day, it has to be something we desire and we don't stress about because no matter what, if we have stressful thoughts, um, if we don't like what we're doing, if we're restricting or depriving or starving ourselves, that's all stress response in the body. That's all cortisol release. And we know that when cortisol's high, pretty much all other functions decrease and we just aren't living the life that we are intended to live. And therefore, we're never gonna be as healthy as we could if we just pull it all together. So exercise maybe isn't quite as important as what you eat, right? You No amount of exercise in most people is going to help you lose weight with a crappy diet. The same thing goes though, no amount of healthy eating is going to help outweigh a really stressful or crappy life. Like it's just not going to happen. And so we have to have all the components coming together. I think the most important is that lifestyle or that stress component, something that we need to take way more seriously. And question number five, I have bad body odor and I sweat so much. Is there anything that can help? Okay, here's the deal. Our armpits next to our bells are one of the main detox dump sites of our body. Yes, our body is actually literally dumping toxins out of our armpits. There's lots of lymph nodes in there. Maybe at some point you've gotten swollen lymph nodes. You've maybe gotten a rash there. That is all detox stuff coming out, right? Which also makes these dump sites a prime spot to have body odor because bacteria just sits under there, right? It's moist, you're sweating, um, and there's usually not a lot of air movement. So it just leads to body odor and excess sweating. But here's the deal. A lot of people are finding that excess sweat and body odor can just be linked to bad deodorant. So think about traditional deodorant. It's loaded with phthalates, aluminum, formaldehyde, parabens, and artificial substances, which all block your lymphatic flow. So when you rub deodorant on like a natural kind, that aluminum is actually going into your pores to block them. So it's going in to prevent yourself from sweating. That's the antiperspirant, right? But what it's doing is that aluminum and those phthalates and the formaldehyde is actually causing more toxic buildup in your body. So it's causing an imbalance in bacteria, causing more body odor. And it can also lead to more sweating because your body's desperately trying to dump what you're putting back into it. So How do you fix this? I think switching to a natural deodorant while up front can cause you to smell worse because your body has to detox that, right? It has to get rid of it and maybe sweat more. Over time, once you do, your body is going to regulate so much better. So switching to a natural deodorant, I'll link up some of the ones that I like and I found other people like. Um, You can also do some kind of magnesium or silver spray on your armpits to help with this. Um, And on top of that, you can also put like a face mask Um, or like a, um, 
a detox mask on your armpits and help your body to detox them. Other things that I like to do is I like to take my dry brush and just dry brush my armpits, just helping to move that lymphatic flow. Again, I'll link all of that up in the show notes, but excess sweating, of course, can be a hormonal thing that's going on. Bad body odor, but a lot of times it's just linked to just bad deodorant, these unnatural deodorants, which are causing more harm than they're doing good. So if you switch, you can find that you need it less. Maybe you don't even need deodorant at all, especially when you're sleeping. You can just use it once in a while and really overcome that body odor. So those are some quick tips. That was really fast. I feel like it was really long, though, so I'm sorry. Thank you so much for sticking with me. I'm going to finish this up by just telling you, you can find all of those links in the show notes at sunburnswellness.com slash 077. Make sure you head on over there because I'm going to link up all my favorite things with all these questions, explain them in more depth, and give you a place and an opportunity to respond back to me with more of your questions, especially those embarrassing health questions that I'm going to start answering this summer on a special summer series. Thank you again so much for tuning in. Next week on the show is only for women. As you know, this week I did an episode just for men, so I wanted to follow that up for just for women episode. It's just taking your sexual health, your hormone health, and really figuring it out so that you know what to do with it and how to make it better. Because hormones are essential in a healthy body, so we have to know how to start working with them instead of against them. So tune in next week for the episode just for women and learn more about cycle seeking and other things on regulating your hormones naturally. In the meantime, don't forget to head to the show notes to learn more about these five questions and leave your own question for the upcoming series of your most embarrassing health questions answered. So again, the show notes can be found at simplewordswellness.com slash 078. Until next week, may you have the best weekend.